Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football, whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or sometimes even IDP. We got you covered all year long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. It is Saturday, November 19th. I'm your host, John June, and of course... Got my guy to my left, Greg Penniman, a.k.a. G-Money. That's if you're watching on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. But, Greg, how are we doing today, my brother? Doing well, doing well. Uh, week 11, um, Thursday went well. That parlay did hit, you know what I mean? Derrick Henry, 80 rushing yards. Got the touchdown and the under hit. I don't know how it did because it was the 27, under hit. 27-17, right? That's, the under was 41. It was 41, but... 2717 oh, guess nah. it's 44. Oh damn, never mind. No, I tried. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Uh yeah. Nah, yeah. Uh other than that, good. Doing well. Learning ready, ready to attack week eleven for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh Thursday was quite the adventure, or Wednesday was quite the adventure for, for me. I was dying on the show. Exactly. <laughs> People that were watching or listening. Um, it was probably the quickest podcast episode that we've recorded uh, since our inception because I had to get out of here. Um, but luckily, I'm okay today. I'm good, um, healthy. But Thursday night football was um, it was the game was it was like one of the better Thursday night football games. There was a lot of action. Twenty seven seventeen, so it hit the over. Um, we saw some some great performances like Derrick Henry. Uh, you know, had had a fantastic performance, even through a touchdown pass. Uh, Ryan Tannehill with his by far his best game of the season, uh, throwing for over 300, 300 passing yards. Uh, I think he threw was it one touchdown? He hit two touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just a fantastic performance by him. Saw the the two rookie wide receivers come through in this one. Uh, one in Christian Watson that was. Highly sought after on waivers. Um, you know, we said to be aggressive, and uh, he 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 came through scoring his his uh, fifth touchdown in a matter of four days. But uh, you know, ends up scoring two touchdowns in this game. So definitely came through. And then Traylon Burks. You know, we we talked about him. Uh, that prop hit the over on his receiving yards. Um, you know, so it it was. Definitely a, a a great performance to see going over a hundred receiving yards on the day for the rookie on seven receptions. Uh, I mean, he's a guy that I'm sure we're going to be talking about, you know, come come waiver time on Monday because he, yeah, he he's a first round rookie wide receiver. Um, you know, similar to a guy like Christian Watson that I was saying last week, like these guys are typically not available at this time like if he had this game in september like he would have already been on rosters because he was probably drafted or you know things like that but he's available because the injury and hasn't had a great start this season so you could get a talent like this right now at this point i mean those are the types of moves that could help take take your team over the top yeah and definitely helps when ryan Tannehill, you know is throwing the ball like he is i mean it kind of does definitely ties into to that for sure and Tennessee just hasn't really been thriving in the passing game this year. So hopefully they can kind of turn the tide a little bit. I mean, I know Derrick Henry first, second 
option, but they uh they want to become more balanced and they you know try to get this playoff run and possibly win a playoff game. They they need to start emphasizing on the pass game for sure. I mean AJ Brown. Yeah, was I mean on the team, they they know how to do it. <laughs> I mean that's that's exactly the point I was gonna make, right? Like like they they were missing that element for so long with AJ Brown, right? Like they didn't have that the you know the trifecta. I'll call it a trifecta. I think Tannehill is more. Yeah. I mean, I've been one of the probably the biggest and half supporters. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was uh, you know, Derrick Henry and AJ Brown really carrying this thing. Uh, and they were missing that element even when we saw AJ Brown was injured last year, right? Like they didn't really have, you know, that 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 element, that piece to their offense. And and look what happens when Tannehill gets that guy, goes over 300 yards in the game, right? You know, it helps you know, create more underneath opportunities for a guy like Robert Woods, who had a who had a really good game in this one from a PPR standpoint, six for sixty nine or something like that. Yep. So, yep. um, you know, like yep, Traylon Burks being having that ability to stretch the field, be that physical, you know, fifty fifty contested catch guy, also make you know do the things with that he can do with you know after the catch, kind of like what AJ Brown was able to do. You know, I think that this is you know, big, this really is going to help take this Tennessee offense to another level as we get down the stretch and they try to make a push for, you know, I mean, they, they lead their division. They're the only team in their division over 500. So yeah. <laughs> it's not really a problem, but as they, you know, they, you know, as they go on into these bigger games against the Buffaloes and the ten, and the Kansas cities and things like that, this is going to be huge for them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm definitely excited for Schellenberg Dynasty Managers too. Oh, trust me, man. It was it was rough for the first few weeks, but you just yeah. you know you just got to hold out, um, and 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 essentially that that talent that cream always rises to the, to the top, man. So, um, all right. Anything else you want to talk talk about through on this game? I mean, Alan Lazard had it was probably like he had eleven targets. He had at mm-hmm. least like three three drops or some form of a miscommunication with Aaron Rodgers. It was just total off game by him where if you look at the box score, you're like, oh, 10.7, like that's cool. But if you're watching the game, there were he 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 should have had a much better game. Yeah, I mean the whole season kind of just been a lot of you know misconnection with those two. You, you thought he was the the lone receiver that was there for a while, um, besides Randall Cobb. Um but yeah it's been a lot of missed opportunities for him. Um but yeah other than that it was good to see uh, Watson just come through for you know we were so bullish mm-hmm. on him and for him to come through is definitely big time like you, it's never usually that first game uh, but after the big performance but he really is a uh, now the rookie leader in touchdowns after four days look at that yeah it, it's I think what part of why and you know I mean maybe had a carry is, too. <laughs> yeah even had a carry you know I just needed I just needed two more receiving yards, man. I had a really nice parlay. It was Derrick Henry touchdown, trailing Burks over, uh, you know, on, on his yardage total, and I just needed Christian Watson to get fifty receiving yards. So I was a little a little upset about that one, a little upset. Um, but you know, I think part of the reason we were so bullish on Christian Watson is because of who's throwing him the football, right? Right. And the frustration level of that guy throwing him the football is just like give me somebody anybody yeah. right like yeah. when Dobbs was in here he was like oh you're gonna make a play okay I'll give you the football 
right? <laughs> like, so when Christian Watson being the 6'4", 200 and, you know, 17, 20-pound wide receiver that he is that has 4'3 speed, when he's making plays, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to look to him consistently. Absolutely. All right, let's move on. Uh, we're not going to talk about any of the injuries up front uh, just because we are going to talk about every game this week as we did not have a, a uh, Thursday show. Um, speaking of, we are, you know, gonna, you know, be on the lookout for, you know, on Monday, we'll, we'll discuss what we'll do for the Thanksgiving week. Um, you know, but uh, most likely, I mean, in the past, we've done one of two things, right? It's either we've done all the all the games on one day, like that one Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and do all of them right there, or we do the Thanksgiving games, and and then we do the rest of the games on Saturday. So just, uh, I guess, be on the lookout for that. We'll we'll make that announcement on Monday uh, when when Greg and I decide what we want to do. But let's jump into the matchups. And uh, the first matchup on the week comes between a two and seven Carolina Panthers team that's traveling to Baltimore to take on a six and three Baltimore Ravens team. This game has a 43 and a half point total where corner fans will sportsbook the Baltimore Ravens are 12 and a half point home favorites in terms of injuries here. Gus Edwards was limited with a hamstring. Seems like he's on track to play. Mark Andrews is the one that um, probably have the, the most concern about right now you know dealing with a shoulder and a knee injury he is uh he he was limited in practice you know during the week uh Deshaun Jackson who just came back uh you know was elevated from the practice squad in his first game looked pretty good you know looked like the Deshaun Jackson that we're used to seeing um but unfortunately hurt his hamstring so he's been a DMP all week and then for Carolina PJ Walker he he's out with a high ankle sprain Matt Ioannidis, he's out with a calf injury. And then uh, cornerback Dante Jackson was placed on the injured reserve. So definitely a downgrade there for the Carolina Panthers secondary. Uh, Greg, where are you going with this matchup here? I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take Carolina to cover. I'm going to take Baltimore to win. Um, Yeah, Carolina's defense is still solid. You know, we we talked about that throughout the year. They're, They're pretty solid defense, so. They shouldn't get stomped on too much. But uh, on their side, really, I'm looking at uh, a couple pieces. You know, the running backs, Dante Foreman, uh, Triple Hubbard. I think in this matchup, you know, we, we talked about it a little after Thursday game. But I think Dante Foreman gets the slight edge as uh, the lead back here, hopefully. Um, we'll, we'll see. You know, we'll definitely get a clear picture here. Uh, more more data. I see who gets the, the touches. But I'm going to lean towards Dante Foreman having the – we're leading in, in the targets and the, I mean, the carries. So more of an RB2 territory. Chuba Hubbard, though, uh, I mean, in a pinch, if you're able to, can, can throw him out there as well because um, it could switch back to him as far as usage. So we'll, we'll see. But I think Dr. Foreman gets that, that edge. As far as the receivers, DJ Moore uh, continue to be a strong wide receiver too. I mean, as he's going to dominate, hopefully, in targets. Uh, Terrace Marshall Jr. Is, didn't come through too much last week, but uh, – Think still a little believer in him. I mean, as a as a deep league flex on the Baltimore side, though Lamar Jackson, you already know, going to continue to be QB one value. Uh, Gus Edwards um, being back, he should you know come back to that RB two value as well. Uh, Kane Drake is kind of like you know the Dante Foreman, Chuba Hubbard thing. Kane Drake might have some also still some value, especially in the red zone. He's been playing well with Baltimore, so 
he might have some RB3 uh, intrigue. And as far as the tight ends, you know, Mark Andrews, if he's able to go, you're playing him without a doubt. If not, Isaiah Likely uh, also, you should have confidence in him in playing him. If they both, if Mark Andrews goes, uh, I think Isaiah Likely still have some fringe uh, tight end one value. I mean, so I think uh, you, he can play him because, you know, tight end market is pretty bad. So for a player that of his talent, of an offense that only throws to the tight end, it's, it makes sense. We got him. Um, I'm gonna take the uh, fringe. He's fringe. fringe. I know, but yeah, we got. Him. We still got him. We got him. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna take the under here. I'm gonna take Carolina to cover. I'm gonna take Baltimore to win. Uh, for Baltimore, Lamar definitely a QB one option in this in this matchup for sure. Gus Edwards, I think he's an RB two in his first game back. I do agree with what you're saying though. There is, you know, if Gus Edwards isn't 100 right, Kenyon Drake could still end up taking some work. Plus, Kenyon Drake has been good, too. Yeah. So he's been, he's been playing well. Yeah, so there is there's there is a reason to get both these guys involved. Uh, Mark Andrews, tight end one, if if he can go. Isaiah Likely is a, a top 12 option, even if Andrews goes. But if he doesn't go, then I think he's a high-end tight end one. Uh, Duvernay, wide receiver four or five, uh, desperation, flex play. And then for Carolina, DJ Moore is a high-end wide receiver, too. Terrace Marshall, a wide receiver, four. Um, this matchup isn't great. I know the season-long numbers look great for a matchup perspective for Baltimore, you know, as a Baltimore, like, to attack the Baltimore pass defense. But they've been much better as of late. So the only real guy I'm really look like looking to go into this matchup against is DJ Moore because of the target share. Uh, Deontay Foreman. Like, you know, it's an R, he's an RB3 in a tough matchup. Uh, I didn't even, you know, think about what you were, you know, what you were saying. Uh, so it's a great point with Chuba Hubbard, like not even just the, you know, willingness to go back to him, but the game script, right? Like we, we've seen Deontay Foreman dominating in positive game script, right? Like what happens when they're trailing, right? Is that, does that mean Chuba Hubbard comes in the game? Is he going to be the guy that's going to see some targets? So I think, you know, you you can tell the story there where you can f- potentially flex Chuba Hubbard, you know, if you're really desperate at the position. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely very interested, intrigued to see uh, out of this game, see how that usage is. Yeah. Let's move on to this next matchup, with, which is a very busy one. There's a lot of stuff going on here. Uh, the three and seven Cleveland Browns will travel to Detroit to take on the Six and three Buffalo Bills. Uh, this total has moved a lot, but I'm just going to stick with the original one because it, it I feel like it's just going to be it, it dropped to like 30 or 41 and a half and then it went back up to 49. So I'm just going to yeah. stick with the 47 point total. Uh, the Buffalo Bills being nine and a half point. Well, neutral site favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, this game is in a dome, which escapes all the weather concerns that were going on in Buffalo. There was like three to six feet of snow in parts of of Buffalo and, and upstate New York. Um, and so the NFL wanted to move this game because they didn't want to have to divert local resources to, you know 
to to try to clean out a stadium for a football game instead of like making sure that the roads and and whatnot were clean in the town for people to actually like live their lives and you know commute safely um so they issue right now is that the Buffalo Bills are having issues trying to get all their players a to the airport and b I believe that the airport right now is closed and they're not even cleared to take off so this is something to monitor uh it's like there is a greater than a 0% chance that this game could be postponed so just keep that in mind uh, as you set your fantasy lineups, I don't know what that's going to mean, but, um, you know, just again, we we dealt with this like two years ago with COVID, with postponement of games and whatnot. So, you know, Hopefully Monday just, or Tuesday, that'd be worst case scenario. They get yeah, worst game. case scenario would be like Monday or Tuesday. We we did get Wednesday. We did get Wednesday get afternoon Wednesday. football <laughs> once. And it still counted <laughs> towards that week. So that's crazy. Yeah. That was yeah, that was pretty wild. Didn't we have football like every day of we the did. week? One, <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was pretty wild. Um. Anyway, let's talk about let's talk about some of these injuries. So Jordan Poyer, uh, he returned to practice w- with a with an elbow injury. He's questionable. Tremaine Edmonds, the stud linebacker for Buffalo, he's been listed as out for this game, dealing with a groin. Josh Allen removed from the injury report with that elbow. So uh, no concern there. A bunch of players early in the week. The Bills have had a rough week. They've had a rough three weeks, actually, really, really think about it. Coming off two two-game losing streak, and now they come into this game. All their players, they couldn't even practice on Monday because they or, – or whatever day it was, Tuesday or Wednesday, all their players were, were ill, so they didn't even have enough players to field a practice. And then they get this snowstorm, and they couldn't even practice on – on uh, Wednesday or thir- uh, I believe it was Thursday, they had to have Zoom meetings uh, <laughs> instead of practice. So Bills has just been going through it. Uh, yeah, but for Cleveland, David Njoku started out the week as a DMP, but then returned to back-to-back limited practices. So he seems like he's on track to return, which is huge for this Cleveland pass offense because he's he was a huge part of it before exiting with that high ankle sprain. For me here in this game, I'm going to take the over uh i i was anticipating snow so initially i took the under but i'm gonna take the over i'm gonna take cleveland to cover nine and a half i'm gonna take buffalo to ultimately win the game uh for buffalo josh allen he's a qb1 stefan diggs high-end wide receiver one devin singletary he's in rb2 territory gabe davis uh definitely in wide receiver two territory for me James Cook, I think, in in you know by, with bye weeks and things, uh, he he can be in play as an RB three. Uh, not interested in Dawson Knox; he's been practically non-existent uh, for Cleveland. I absolutely love the Cleveland pass offense. Uh, you know, Jacoby Brissett was my initial pick for stream of the week, but then the weather pushed me away from you know from him. But now with the move to a neutral field in a dome, I'm back on board with Jacoby Brissett. You know, I, I said Mariota was my stream of the week, but I would, I would play Brissett over, over Mariota. Um, I think he's a QB one in this matchup. Both his wide receivers are in fantastic spots. Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples Jones. They're both wide receiver ones. Donovan Peoples Jones has the most receiving yards in the NFL without having scored a touchdown. Um, So, I mean, he's, 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 
not saying he's due, but he's due. Uh, Njoku looks like he might be back, so uh, tight end one, fire him up. Nick Chubb, borderline RB1, and then Kareem Hunt is is basically unplayable until further notice. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the over. I'm also going to take Cleveland to cover, but I'm going to take the Bills to win. Um, on the Bills side, definitely agree with all your points. Josh Allen, QB1, Stefan Diggs must start as well. Uh, and as far as the receivers, Gabe Davis as well. You can play him. I think he's got more of a boom uh, upside in this one. Uh, especially because they're not really using Dawson Knox. It's really the main two receivers. Um, Isaiah McKenzie uh, has been leading in that slot uh, more than Khalil Shakur nowadays. So uh, I think he has some deep league, uh, deep flex intrigue as well. Um, as far as that third, that third pass catcher for them, Devin Singletary is in a great spot here. So I'm, I'm, I'm off of playing him as a RB2, a strong RB2 with some RB1 upside. On the Cleveland side, Nick Chubb continuing to be the RB1 monster that he is. Jacoby Brissett, uh, I think he's like in that borderline QB1, probably like QB13, 14 uh, range for me. Um, and yeah, I agree with the receivers. Mark Cooper, you're starting him. Diamonds People Jones has been definitely on a tear. I mean, I mean, he's got, I think it's six straight games, well over 50 yards now. Uh, he's just been very active, very involved. Um, so he's going to continue to be a, a very solid option. I have him as a wide receiver too, strong wide receiver too. And David Njoku, he's back. Play him for sure. Tied in one, easy. Most definitely. I mean, if you were able to scoop up Njoku early in the season off waivers, like that was huge. I mean, the injury obviously sucks, but yeah, uh, definitely, definitely huge. Yeah, Njoku and Harrison Bryant, both of them. <laughs> right? The tight, end, the, the tight end insurance policy tight right end there. Handcuff. Yeah, tight end insurance, yep. All right, let's move on to uh, this next matchup, also 1 p.m., the eight and one, eight and one, because I said it on that Monday <laughs> that they would lose. But anyway, eight and one Philadelphia Eagles traveling to Indianapolis to take on the four, five and one Indianapolis Colts, who are undefeated under head coach Jeff Saturday. Uh, that is a fact. Um, but this game has a forty-four and a half point total, and the Indianapolis Colts are seven and a half point home underdogs in this game in terms of the weather we're okay here this game's in a dome in terms of injuries for indianapolis deforest buckner he was a dmp early in the week with a neck injury so he you know he's questionable for this game jelani woods the um tight end he was also a dmp early in the week with a shoulder injury Deion jackson uh was also a dmp early in the week uh, and then Shaq Leonard, the 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 linebacker, uh, was placed on injured reserve with a back injury. Will not return for the rest of the season. So that's a blow to the Indianapolis defense. Who, I mean, Leonard's been in and out lineup all year. So it, you know, it's it's not like they it changes much of anything for them. Uh, for Philadelphia, Dallas Goddard. This one is tough, man. Uh, this was probably of the gut punches I've received this year. This was probably one of the the toughest ones to endure. Dallas Goddard ends up on injured reserve with a shoulder injury. Um, expected to miss at least four games. I was reading up on this last night, though. It seems as if the nature of his injury, he should be able to return uh, by week 15. So that's the first week of the fantasy playoffs. 
So if you are the Dallas Goddard manager and you just happen, you we just got to keep it afloat for four weeks, guys. And he he might be back. Maybe you get lucky. Maybe you get the bye week, and that gives you an extra week to like not have to play him coming off his first game from the injury. But uh, seems like this is and the Eagles did the right thing here. They put him on injury reserve. They're like, no, we're not even gonna go through this whole thing yeah. of you going limited practices and whatnot. Like, just go rehab it. We'll see you in four weeks. So I, I I love that aspect of it. If I'm the Dallas Goddard manager, I mean the injury sucks, but you know if if it was going to happen, I, I prefer they do it this way. And then cornerback Josh Job, uh, he is out for the Philadelphia Eagles. Greg, where are you uh, in terms of this matchup here? I'm gonna take the over. Uh, I'm gonna take Philly to cover and Philly to win. Uh, the Colts have probably been one of the most inconsistent teams this year, so it seems like. Right when you think, you know, they're kind of good. They did also play Vegas last week, but every time they think we're, they're pretty good, they come up with a little stinker after. So uh, I think Eagles do bounce back. Um, as far as the Eagles side, Jalen Hurts, QB1 must start. Uh, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, they should get a little bump now with the, you know, Dallas Goddard not being out. That should filter some targets towards them a little more. The matchup is tough, um, but I still have A.J. Brown. It's a borderline wide receiver one. Devontae Smith as a, you know, uh, solid wide receiver too um and you know they should you know kind of get a lot of targets in this uh as far as you know the running backs miles sanders uh he's been solid all year solid rb2 um in in the matchup which is you know just okay uh and then on the Colts side um matt ryan not getting fooled by that performance i'm not playing him jt though i'm all in on that for sure back to rb1 value um especially with, you know, under new coaching staff. They want to run the ball, continue to run that ball. Uh, so he's an RB1. As far as the receiver, I do like Michael Pittman's matchup. I mean, Michael Pittman in this matchup, um, I think he's a wide receiver one, borderline kind of like where A.J. Brown is. And Paris Campbell, I think he's now kind of the second receiver I trust more than Alec Pierce. So if you're, you need that ancillary guy, uh, Paris Campbell's pretty good. I think he's wide receiver three value, flex value. Yeah, I'm going to take the under here. I'm going to take uh, Indianapolis to cover. I will take Philly to win. Um, for Indy, I, it's so it's so I'm so upset because JT was coming into a smash spot. Like he was coming into a smash spot. We've been talking about this Philly rush defense for like three weeks now. Been saying you could run on them since Damian since like Thursday night football. You know, a couple of weeks ago, and then what does Philly do? What smart football teams do? They recognize they have a weakness, and then they not not only get one player to help, they get two players. They go out, they sign Linval Joseph, longtime defensive tackle, run stuffer. Then they go and get Indama Kungsu to to help bulk up the the middle of that defense because Jordan Davis was put on the injured reserve. Uh, you know, with a high ankle sprain, and he was big part of that that Philly run defense. And you know, without him, they've been they've been hurting. So JT gets a slight downgrade. I think the volume is still going to be there. It just gets a slight downgrade here. But I was I was really looking forward to this spot here for JT. Um, but Michael Pittman Jr. the the numbers don't look great. Uh, but I do agree with what you're saying from a matchup standpoint. I think you know him with Darius Slay is not a you know, 
a terrible mismatch for you know for Michael Pittman Jr. You know, just with his size and his length, and then the target the the target volume should be there. Mm-hmm. You know, should be enough that he can you know make do on these targets. So probably have him as a as a uh, middle to lower end wide receiver two. Uh, Paris Campbell, I agree with you. He's a wide receiver three. I mean, um, Matt Ryan loves to target him, um, especially in the short and in intermediate. As well as, um, you know, when you consider there's no Naheem Hines, right? Like, so some of those targets that Naheem Hines might have been soaking up, those shorter tier targets, like those might end up going to Paris Campbell here. So for Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts, he's a quarterback one. Uh, A.J. Brown, high-end wide receiver two. Devontae Smith, a, a wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside. Miles Sanders, he's definitely uh, an RB2. I'm curious to see who takes the reins at tight end with Goddard out. I'm not playing anybody, but I, I think there's an opportunity in this offense. The same way that we we go to Arizona and we say, hey, we're going to pick up Trey McBride and we're going to play him. Right? Like I think that, that a similar thing can happen here just because of the the style of offense that they play. It's like, it's like Baltimore, right? Like Baltimore is not going to lose Mark Andrews and be like, Oh, well, we're just going to stop using a tight end, right? Like that's part of their offense. That's, that's who they are. That's what they want to do. And I think it's the same thing here with Philadelphia. It's just a matter of, is it going to be Jack Stahl? Is it going to be this? I I can't even say, I say his name. Grant, Grant C is what I. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, or is it Tyree Jackson, the converted quarterback, right? So, like, I, I'm, I'm waiting and seeing. I'm not going to make any moves based on it. I just, you know, want to see what happens. Um, but, yeah, that's that's really it for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to this next matchup. Ooh. The rematch. The rematch. Um, the 6-3 and three New York Jets travel to New England, Foxborough, to take on the 5-4 and four New England Patriots. This game has a 38.5-point total where the New England Patriots are 3.5-point home favorites. If the New York Jets win this game, they are first place in the AFC East. If they lose this game, they are in last place in the AFC East. So talk about pivotal, right? So, Oh, um, man. And that means that's the same for kind of – for New England, almost. Oh, well, almost. Oh, uh, almost. Yeah, yeah, they they would, need they Buffalo would, to lose. They would need Buffalo to lose. Uh, Miami. But Miami, Miami would be in first place because Miami's seven and three, and they're on all bye. Right. So they're just they're just gonna watch all the AFC East teams just try to lose or beat up on each other. So um, definitely, this game has playoff implica- implications. I think if the Jets win this game, they have an eighty-eight percent chance of making the playoffs. If they lose, that plummets to like. 48 percent so yeah uh to say that i will be watching this one and uh yeah we'll just leave it at that uh for in terms of injuries for for new england christian barmore uh the defensive tackle um integral part of the patriots for uh, you know defensive line rush defense pass you know pass rush Uh, he's placed on injury reserve with a knee injury so he'll miss at least the next four games i don't know the extent of that injury Wide receiver Devontae Parker, he's questionable with a knee. Punter Jack Bailey is doubtful with a back. Uh, edge rusher Josh Uche questionable with a hamstring. And then for the New York Jets, wide receiver Corey Davis and defensive tackle Sheldon Rankins are both out of this game. For the uh, well, also for the Jets, guard Nate Herbig, he's questionable with a shin injury. 
And then tight end Kenny Aboa is doubtful with a calf. In terms of this game here, I'm going to take. Oh man, I, yeah, I'm like looking. That was game to call for the week. I'm gonna take the over on 38 and a half. It, I, I should be taking the under here, but I, I'm gonna just stick with my original pick of the over. But I am going to take the New York Jets to cover. And I am going to take the New York Jets to win. They should have won the previous matchup against these two teams. Um, you know, Zach Wilson made some boneheaded interceptions. But if, if for the most part, the Jets did control that game. For New England, Ramondre is an RB1. <laughs> Jacoby Myers is, uh, you know, he had a great game against them last time. Hasn't been great recently, but I think you go to him as a, a you know, a, a strong wide receiver too. Uh, for the Jets, uh, Garrett Wilson, I think, has to be treated as a wide receiver one. Uh, Michael Carter and James Robinson should both be involved. I think you can both treat you can treat them both as lower end running back twos, um, especially with the bye weeks. And then Jack, or Jack, Tyler Conklin, you know, I think he's a top 10 option at the position. I've cracked the code, Greg, the Tyler Conklin okay, code. Okay. If you look at games in which the Jets have positive game script, right? They're positive game script. I haven't done the math on like what's the percentage of the, you know, that they have positive game script. But if you look at those games in which they don't have to throw the football, they can run the football, they're playing with a lead. Tyler Conklin has single-digit PPR points. If you look at the games in which they have faced negative game script, so like the Cleveland, the Baltimore game, the Cleveland game, the mm-hmm. Pittsburgh game, um, you know, the last New England game, double-digit PPR points. So okay. if you okay. believe that the Jets are going to face some negative game script here, they're going to be trailing for most of it, you know, trying to – overcome a double-digit lead or double-digit deficit, rather, then, yes, you play Tyler Conklin. If you see it as, like, a game where they're going to run the football, they can control it, uh, they're going to be playing with a lead, Tyler Conklin's probably not your best bet. Yeah, this is this is a really tough game to call. I mean, I'm going to take the under. Uh, like, Playing in New England is tough, but the Jets are four and zero on the road. Like you guys are a really good road team. <laughs> you guys don't know how to win at home. Uh, I'm a, I'm gonna take the, I'm gonna take the Pats to, I'm gonna take the Jets to cover, but the Pats to win. Um, on the Pats side, Reminder Stevenson definitely RB one value here. Jacoby Myers also, I think a lineup lock. He's a, a wide receiver two, a strong wide receiver two. Um, that's pretty much it for the New England side. That's uh, so why I got the, the under. It's going to be a, a tough game. On the Jets side, though, um, Michael Carter and James Robinson, both, I think, RB3s. I mean, New England's really good against the run. Um, probably one of the best rush defenses in the league right now. I think they could still crack the top 30, but I'm having RB3 category. Um, as far as uh, Gary Wilson, I'm with you on that. You know, strong wide receiver, two has some wide receiver, one upside. Uh, just been balling as a rookie wide receiver all year. Uh, and Tyler Conklin, Fringe tight end one, um, yeah. Depending, I like your logic there, so I'm I'm on board. I really don't know this. This game could go either way. Though. The Jets are super good on the road. They really need this game. It's a divisional matchup. Like usually, they get a split, but they haven't beat the Patriots in a while. So 
Uh, they got a thirteen straight. Though. Thirteen <laughs> they straight. A, they got a breakthrough. <laughs> they got a breakthrough at some point. Oh man. Oh man. The first yeah. matchup was the breakthrough. That was their chance. That, that was the chance. Yeah. That was the one. But you know yeah. what? Uh, Jets. You said they're undefeated on the road. They they're are also undefeated when they wear the white jerseys with the black pants. That's, and that's... they didn't wear those last time. They, oh, wore, the, okay, they okay. wore they wore the all blacks because they were trying to be cool. It was Halloween weekend. <laughs> they wore the all blacks. They had you know CJ Mosley show up in a Bane mask. Mm. But this time, they're going back to business. White jerseys, right. black pants. I like those jerseys. Those are un- that combo is undefeated. So, you know they're on the road wearing that jersey. Wearing that jersey combo. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. Nah. I want you. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. I mean, all in all, it's going to be a great matchup. I mean, if we lose, I, I will be a shell of myself on Monday. But uh, that's really that's really what it comes down to. Um, a lot of football um, left for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, a lot of football yeah. left. You know, it just feels great to like actually care about football for more than just fantasy. So yeah, yeah, like, that that part has been has been awesome. So I, I'm grateful for that for sure. Um, let's move on to this next matchup here: the five and five Washington Commanders. The only team in the NFL to have beaten the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, travel to Houston to take on the one seven and one Houston Texans. This game has a forty and a half point total, where the Washington Commanders are three point road favorites here. In terms of uh, weather, we're okay because it's in a dome. In terms of injuries, uh, Brandon Cooks. He was on the injury report with a hip and a wrist, um, so he he's questionable for this game. Nico Collins, who's dealing with a groin, was pulled off the injury report, so he's good to go in this one. And then Dari and Gubawale was a, a DMP early in the week with a foot injury. Um, for Washington, linebacker Cole Holcomb, running back J.D. McKissick, defensive end Chase Young, and tight end Amar- Armani Rogers are all out of this one. And the running back Jonathan Williams is questionable with a knee. Greg, where are you going with this matchup here? I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take Washington to cover and Washington to win uh, on Washington's side. You know, I do like Taylor Heineke. He's my quarterback stream of the week. Uh, so he, I think, depending on how the game scores, you know, he can have some QB1 upside in this. Um, but he's in that borderline QB1 territory. Uh, the running backs have a great matchup here. Smash spot for both uh, Antonio Gibson and, and Brian Robinson. Antonio Gibson has been the, the better back, so he's, he's in a, a better smash spot here. Um, but I wouldn't be afraid to play Brian Robinson also in this matchup. Uh, Terry McLaurin also in a good spot here. Uh, he's a you know, strong wide receiver, too, with some wide receiver one upside. Um, Curtis Samuel, same every week. You know, that safe floor wide receiver three, continue to play him as such. Uh, and then on the Texan side, uh, it's really just Damian Pierce, man. You really got to look at him as a, a strong RB1. Um, as far as the receivers, they do have one that's relevant every week. Um, so I think it's got to be, at this point, I'm more on leaning Nico Collins. Um, again, not really hype about a person that doesn't want to be on the team, Brandon Cooks. Uh, and just first, you're running through the, the run game, though, Damian Pierce for sure. Uh, Nico Collins is more of a, a desperation flex option. Um, but yeah, all lock in to Damian Pierce. So... I said that the Washington would beat Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like that. 
but <laughs> Houston's going to beat Washington. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm taking the under. I'm taking Houston to cover Houston to win this game here. Uh, for Houston, Damian Pierce, he's an, he's an RB1. Uh, I agree with you. I, I like Nico Collins over Brandon Cooks, but he's more like a wide receiver three or four. I think he can make a big play or score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, the big thing about Nico Collins is his schedule down the stretch. Uh, he gets some great, not even great matchups, just great games to be in, mm-hmm. you know, gets to play against, uh, you know, Kansas city gets to play against Atlanta, gets to play against Tennessee. Uh, I think he has matchups against Jacksonville as well. So, you know, just down the stretch, he's plays in some either good matchups or games where, hey, he'll he'll be trailing and you're gonna have to throw the football. So, somebody I think that should be on your roster, um, you could play you could yeah. play him as a desperation flex. You know, use him. We've got, I mean, we don't have any bye weeks week twelve, but we've got some bye weeks in week thirteen and fourteen. Have no idea why we do that, but we have them. So. Um, you know, Nico Collins could help you then, and he could also help you down, you know, in the down the playoff stretch, right? So, yeah, um, you know, someone I, I think you know should be rostered, even if you're not going to start him in this matchup. I, I think you can play him in this matchup, like you said, as a desperation flex, but definitely should be on your roster. Uh, for Washington, scary Terry, he's back, wide receiver sure. one. Give him, give this man a Heineke. Uh, <laughs> like that's all we need. They're drinking man. too much on that plane. That's what they. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, yeah, we talked about Heineke not drinking Heineken or doing the deal with Heineken. Like, I forgot who we did a deal with, but then he's drinking Bush Light. Like, I don't know, whatever, man. Like, <laughs> they got fined though just now, actually, for uh, well, I don't know if they for uh, drinking on the team plane on the way back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was a situation in Tennessee where the you know the offensive coordinator got pulled over for speeding and then gets charged with a DUI. Oh. Uh, so, you know, the team, the league sent out a memo that, you know, no drinking on team planes, which I I get it, I guess. Like, I understand, right? Like, you know, p- people are going to drive back, you know, end up driving back from the facility and things like that. Like, I, I understand, like, but don't they have that service where like well, they have the team call bus, like or... yeah or the service yeah the <laughs> just service. imagine the team bus just drops everybody at their home like, <laughs> like the school bus. like a school bus yeah <laughs> um no but yeah in, in all honesty though like um I feel like the league should again it's the no fun league as they call it but like there should be some kind of like middle ground here right like where they. Like they have the transportation system, right? So like use that, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson, both in a great matchup here. Um, Brian Robinson obviously got 26 carries last week, but he's um a bit more touchdown dependent and game script dependent. Uh so you know, Gibson has the edge there for me. Uh and then Curtis Samuel, he's a wide receiver too. Um, all right, let's move on to this next matchup. Also, 1 p.m., we've got the 3-6 and six Los Angeles Rams traveling to New Orleans to take on their 3-6 and six New Orleans Saints. This game has a 39.5-point total, where the New Orleans Saints are 3.5-point home favorites. For In terms of injuries, Matthew Stafford cleared from the concussion protocol, so he will play offensive tackle. A.J. Jackson was placed on injured reserve with an illness. Cooper Cup, obviously, we talked about. He was placed on injured reserve with a high ankle sprain. So um doesn't seem likely that he'll make it the rest of the, the you know, he'll play be able to play the rest of the season. For New Orleans, uh defensive end 
Cam Jordan, uh, linebacker Pete Werner, cornerback Marshawn Lattimore, running back Mark Ingram, safety JT Gray, offensive tackle James Hurst, defensive end Marcus Davenport are all out of this game. And then guard Andrews Pete is questionable with a triceps injury. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the Rams to cover. I will take the Saints to win for the Rams. I think the only player that you could even potentially think about playing with any sort of confidence is Tyler Higby. And I don't even think I have that much confidence, but it's the tight end position. So you're desperate. Play him, I guess, right? Nine targets. That's fine. He, he will be Mr. Necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, it, I get it, right? But after that, I'm good. I want yeah. nothing to yeah, do yeah, yeah, yeah. with yeah. this offense. Yeah. Not a not a thing. You weren't even not touching it unless it was Cooper Cup. So there's <laughs> no. no reason to go to it now. <laughs> there's no reason, right? I will take a wait and see approach. Yeah. Is it going to be Ben Skoranek? Maybe. Is it going to be Allen Robinson? Maybe, but probably not. Is it going to be Van Jefferson? Definitely not. So I'm good, bro. I'm good. Uh, on the New Orleans side, it's Kamara, it's Chris Olave, and that is it. That is all I want from this game. I'm after that. I want nothing to do with it. I don't even want to see it. I don't want to watch it. I don't even know what the score is because it's probably going to be like seventeen <laughs> four or something like that. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I mean, I'm taking the under as well. I'm gonna take the Rams to cover, but I'm gonna take the Saints to win. Um, the analysis is spot on. Like Tyler Higby is the only one I'm really touching. Uh, on the on the uh, you know the Ram side of the ball, because uh, yeah he's a tight end that's probably gonna lead the team in targets. Um, that's worth it for uh, the tight end position. Um, and the Ram side, yeah, Kamara is RB one, solid RB one, and Chris Olave, RB two value. Uh, good in a, in a great matchup. I mean, average matchup. He's been a solid matchup. So uh, yeah, we'll see how how it goes. But uh, hey man. Kyron Williams, don't don't forget my man Kyron Williams every every week, yo. He's <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he he proved to us that he was a real person. Yeah, a real person now. Yep. So now, <laughs> so, <laughs> now the snaps just, just got to go up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Wait, so, see, wait, see. Even that thing's like a four man backfield. You got Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, <laughs> Ronnie Rivers, uh, Kyron Williams, Malcolm Brown. I think I saw getting carries at some point. Like I'm good, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, let's move on to this next matchup, man. The three and six Detroit Lions travel to MetLife to take on Greg's seven and two Oof. New York Giants. This game has a 46 and a half point total where the New York Giants are three point home favorites in terms of whether we're okay in terms of injuries for Detroit. DJ Shark designated to return from the injured reserve uh, has not been activated, but he is eligible uh, Jamal Williams was DMP early in the week with an illness. Josh Reynolds has been dealing with this back injury. He was a DMP early in the week. I don't I don't know if he'll go. Uh, Deshaun Elliott, the safety, he was a limited participant with a concussion. And then for the New York Giants, Daniel Bellinger, he's out with the the eye injury. Uh, wide receivers Wondell Robinson and Kenny Galladay, they're both questionable with a hamstring. Uh, Dexter Lawrence is questionable. The defensive tackle who's having a fantastic season for the Giants. Uh, Evan Neal, the offensive tackle, he is doubtful with a knee. And then offensive guard Shane Lemieux, he was designated to return from the injured reserve. Not sure if he's been activated or if they, they plan to activate him, but he, he is eligible as well. Uh, Greg, where are you going with this matchup here? 
I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the Giants to cover, take the Giants to win. Um, yeah, it should be, should be a fun game, Ho- hopefully a high-scoring game. On the Giants side, Dame Jones in the smash spot as well. Uh, you know, all the relevant pieces that you can play against Detroit is going to be in a great spot here. So Dame Jones, he's a QB1. Saquon Barkley should finish as the RB1, hopefully, in this matchup. I mean, he he is going to, to dominate this Detroit Lions team. Hopefully, they, they give him the ball. Uh, 30 times here in this matchup, they want to really want to dominate. Darius Slayton, you know, I'm continuing to chug him out there as well as a solid wide receiver two, a wide receiver two option. Things that's wide receiver two upside in this matchup. Um, and then that's about it for the the Giants side. I think they, you know, again use their defense to, to kind of make some plays on the line side. Jared Goff, uh, I think he's a QB two super flex value. Um, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. I'm, you know. DeAndre, Jamal Williams is definitely the, the running back to play uh, right now. Um, so he's got strong RB2 upside. DeAndre Swift, I think, is RB3 with some RB2 upside, depending on how the game goes. Um, and as far as the receivers, Amon Rice St. Brown, continue to play him. The man's a beast, wide receiver one. Uh, you love to see it. Uh, and that's really about it. No Josh Reynolds. Khalif Raymond's really had his opportunity to, to kind of take that second role. I mean, if you're want to throw a desperation flex out there for him, you, you could, but because uh, he will probably get targeted. But I'm just looking at, you know, Mama St. Brown for sure. Yeah, in this matchup here, I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the Giants to cover. I'm going to take the Giants to win. The, the Crazy, the Giants will be 8-2 and two if this goes how we, think, how we think it'll go. So, crazy. Uh, for Detroit, Amon Ross St. Brown, high-end wide receiver 2. Uh, Jamal Williams has has been limited, um, but I have him as an RB2. Uh, Swift, from a projection standpoint, totally agree with you. Won't look great uh, based on recent production, but I, I, I'm buying in, man. I mean, Swift, he was, talk, he was talking about how he's getting healthier. Um, he's pushing through the injuries. Jamal Williams was limited during the week, you know, granted it was an illness. It's not like a knee or an ankle or something like that. But Lawrence doesn't play um, too. That that definitely gives a bump to the running game. Yeah, it'll, if yeah, if, correct. If Dexter Lawrence doesn't play for the Giants, that definitely gives a bump there. Um, so yeah, I I'm gonna I, I'm gonna rank him. Like I said, from a projection standpoint, I I totally agree. Like he he looks like crap. Like he's RB three, <laughs> RB four. Like don't no no sense in playing him. Uh, but I'm gonna rank him inside my you know my top 24 this week and i think he has some rb1 upside you know um yeah that's really what it comes down to for me and then for the giants love daniel jones this week and he's a qb1 i mean obviously it's detroit uh like greg said insert name first detroit Uh, saquon he's an rb1 and then darius slayton uh i'm i'm finally on board uh wandell has been disappointing uh, Darius Slayton is a wide receiver too, uh, so I, I'm all in there. Let's get it. Let's get it. Eight and two, baby. Um, let's move on to this next game, man. The three and six Chicago Bears travel. That can't be right. On the they three and seven. The Falcons, the- yeah, I think they are because they were one game back in their division. The Falcons are oh, four Falcons and six. Point six. Yeah, the Bears are three. But and seven. the Bears are three and seven. Okay, because yeah. I was like, they haven't had their bye week yet. They they have to have had played ten games. Um, 
So the three and seven Chicago Bears travel to Atlanta to take on the four and six Atlanta Falcons. This game has a 50 and a half point total <laughs> where the Atlanta Falcons are three point home favorites. Uh, we got a Justin Fields homecoming, Georgia, okay. Georgia kid returning to Atlanta. So you know what that means. Um, anyway, for in terms of injuries or weather, weather we're okay with some games in a dome. In terms of injuries, AJ Terrell, the cornerback for Atlanta, limited participant in practice. He's missed the last few games with a hamstring injury, so that could be a nice boost for the Atlanta pass defense. Uh, offensive guard Jalen Mayfield, he was placed or sorry, he's designated to return from the injury reserve with a back injury. Felipe Franks was a DMP with a calf, and then for Chicago, Khalil Herbert. Place on injured reserve with a hip injury. I don't think he's going to play the rest of the season. Um, you know, I had to make a decision in a league. You know, I couldn't hold him and Dallas Goddard, so I went ahead and dropped Khalil Herbert because I, I really don't think he plays again this year. Uh, and then for Cole, Cole Komet, he was on the injury report with a thigh injury, so uh, something to monitor as as we head into Sunday. Um, I am going to take the over here. I am going to take Chicago to cover. I will take Chicago to win. For Atlanta, Mariota is my stream of the week. Cordero Patterson, uh, yeah, I, I think definitely has uh, some some major upside in this game. So does Ty, Tyler Algier as well. Um, you know, they both played well in recent weeks. Um, you know, Cordero Patterson didn't have a great game last week, but his first game back from injury, he played well. So, um, you know, one of those things is not like the other. Uh, Cordell Patterson is a good player, so I'm – yeah. Anyway, uh, not going to to Drake London though. I, I I just need to see it again. Um, you know, we obviously we've seen it early in the year, but things have been a little bit different. So, um, you know, you can play him if you're desperate, but definitely not looking to to do that. And then for Chicago, Justin Fields, high end QB one. Um, you know, in our league of extraordinary people, I'm playing him over over Lamar Jackson this week. Um. I'm trying to decide in another league if I want to play him over Josh Allen. Um, really thinking about it. Um, but, yeah, that's that's where we've come with Justin Fields right now. Uh, Darnell Mooney, he's a wide receiver one in a great matchup. Uh, Cole Komet, a tight end one option. Uh, Monty could be in, li- in line for increased volume. Uh, so he's in play as a, a high-end high end RB3 with RB2 upside just because Justin Fields still dominates all of this rushing work and, and the touchdowns as well. So, and he doesn't get receptions. So yeah, but Atlanta's terrible, but against the pass, but yeah, Greg, you are muted. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take Atlanta to cover. I'm going to take Atlanta to win Um, on the Atlanta side. Gucci, Marcus Mariota should be in a good spot here. He has a chance to finish as a, as a QB1. Um, the running backs have been playing well. Well, Talajir, I, I think, is the, the main guy here. But besides Cordell Patterson, Cordell Patterson and Talajir have been playing well. I think they're both playable. Cordell Patterson should be in a smash right here as far as matchup-wise. So he should have a solid game. Um, the receivers, Drake London, I think, is deeply flex in that area. Um, I think if you if you need a play and you're desperate, Drake London could be a play. He's also in a, in a great spot here. Uh, as far as the, I mean, Coppets also, you know, he's he's boomer bust tight end one at this point. I mean, he's either really going to do nothing for you or, or get you, you know, ten to fifteen points. On the bear side though, Justin Fields, 
going to continue to dominate high in QB1. David Montgomery, I'm, I think I'm a little more bullish on him. I think he's got uh, some RB1 upside. He's, I'm going to rank him as RB2, though, uh, just because, you know, Khalil Herbert being out, he should dominate all those all those carries. Um, and then as far as the receivers, Drake London, I mean, Darnell Mooney, uh, wide receiver three, uh, and Cole Komet. You know, I got to keep rolling my man Cole Komet, man. He's, a, he's a, you know, French tight end one. Can finish as, as a, you know, he's on the road now. Got to keep playing him. He's hot. Wow, you just made me realize that for the first time since he's entered the league, I did not talk about Kyle Pitts. That's true. That is a fact. Since he's entered the league, for sure. That's a fact. That's a fact. Uh, he is literally my tight end 12. So Yeah, take, boomer bust, take, tight end one. Yeah, yeah. Do do with it what you will, people. Um, yeah, Kokomet, Kokomet or Kyle Pitts? Kokomet. Yeah, Coco Man, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Which I, this feels weird because I was the Coco Met guy coming into the year. <laughs> <You are. laughs> um, yeah. All right. Let's move on to this next matchup. 4.05 p.m. Like, does do we have to like this? Does this game have to be a game? Like, can it can it just um, not? Like, I the, mean, the two and seven Las Vegas Raiders traveling. You know, not in prime time. Yeah. So thank God. Uh, traveling to Denver to take on the three and six Denver Broncos. This game has a 41 and a half point total where the Denver Broncos are two and a half point. Two and a half point home favorites. In terms of weather, we're OK. In terms of injuries, wide receiver Kendall Hinton. DMP earlier in the week with a shoulder, but it seems like he's he'll be on track to play. Jerry Judy. He's out with a with an ankle. KJ Hamler out with a hamstring. Billy Turner, the offensive tackle, was placed on injured reserve recently. For Las Vegas, Amir Abdullah was an, was a DMP early in the week with an illness. Devontae Adams is questionable with an abdomen injury. And linebacker Denzel Perriman, he's questionable with a hip. In terms of, of this matchup, Greg, where, where are you going? As far as this matchup, I'm going to take the under. Uh, I'm going to take... The Broncos to cover and the Broncos to win just because the Raiders are just really pitiful. Um, on the Broncos side, Russell Wilson is in a, in a great spot here, matchup wise. Um, so I think he has some streaming value. Um, as far as the running backs, though, not really too bullish on them. I think Melvin Gordon and Latavius Murray, both RB3s uh, in this matchup. Uh, whoever gets a touchdown could finish as RB2. But uh, I think they're rated at RB3s. The receivers, Cortland Sutton is the only one I really trust. Uh, you know, obviously, Jerry Judy being hurt. Um, he's a wide receiver, too. Um, Greg Dolchich, fringe tight end one. Um, on the Raiders side, not really touching anyone except Josh Jacobs. Looking at him pretty hard. He's an RB1, continuing to play him as such. Devonta Adams, wide receiver one. Uh, and that's about it. Foster Moreau. Yeah, I mean, if you're the Darren Waller manager and you got Foster Monroe, you're probably you're most likely playing him. Um, so yeah, he hopefully can continue to pick up that that usage. Uh, not half, not half, going to be half the production that Darren Waller is, but he should get targeted. So he he's like a a tight end two, some possible tight end one upside. This game is so like. Two teams that coming in the year thought would be good. We thought that yeah, the AFC West would give us potentially three playoff teams on that east side, um, man. All on the east, east side football. It's crazy. Um, yeah, man. 
you know if the Denver Broncos scored 20 points in each one of their games that they'd be 8 and 1? Wow. That's not even three touchdowns like that's three and three extra points. <laughs> if if wow, you if yeah. you if you make that number 17, they would they would be 7 and 2. Oh my gosh. That is crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> that's so, so bad. <laughs> So bad. Uh, I'm going to take the under here. I'm going to take Denver to cover. I will take Denver to win. Uh, the last time these teams faced off, uh, the Raiders got after the, the Denver Broncos. Actually, um, they beat the the Raiders beat the Broncos 32 to 23. Uh, so definitely interesting there. But it's part of um, 20. There you go. <laughs> 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 oh man, actually I have to check that now because it's like, is it when they score over twenty? They're they <laughs> okay. No, I was I just wanted to see if they score over twenty. Like, do they lose? <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, I'm gonna take uh, well from a fantasy perspective. I agree with you. Russell Wilson is in a fantastic spot. I mean, he he's QB one. Dare I say it? Uh, Kendall Hinton is a a wide receiver three. Uh, you know, remember that guy playing quarterback? Yep, in... playing quarterback for one game. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking uh, Quentin, average, the average person could just play quarterback, and they realize right? that's not going to happen. Not going to happen. <laughs> uh, Cortland Sutton has been terrible, but this matchup is is really nice. So he's a wide receiver three. I'm with you, uh, Melvin Gordon, Lat Murray. You know, it's really tough to want to play them, but I think they both have RB2 upside in this matchup because the, the Raiders are terrible. Like they're absolutely terrible, uh, according <laughs> to Jeff Saturday. So, um, for you know, Greg Dulcich, I think he's a tight end one. Uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders, Josh Jacobs, he's an RB1. Devontae Adams is a wide receiver two in a tough matchup, I would say, with with Pat Sertan, the second or PS2 as, as they, they call him. But, um, you know, he, he's been shadowing wide receivers all, all season. I expect him to continue to shadow uh, Devontae Adams here. And then Foster Moreau has tight end one upside with, uh, you know, filling in for Darren Waller for sure. Yeah. All right, let's move on to this next game here. We got 425 p.m. Dallas Cowboys, 6-3 and three Dallas Cowboys travel to Minnesota to take on the 8-1 and one Minnesota Vikings. This game has a 47.5 point total where the Dallas Cowboys are 1.5 point road favorites here in terms of injuries. Um, for Dallas, Zeke was limited earlier in the week with, with a knee injury. seems like he's on track to return. And Minnesota, they're okay from an injury standpoint. Justin Jefferson showed up with a toe injury early, but he's good to go. Uh, for In terms of the game here, I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take Minnesota to cover. I will take Minnesota to win. For Dallas, CeeDee Lamb, fantastic spot here. He's a top three option for me on the week. Dak Prescott, he's a quarterback one. Dalton Schultz, he's a tight end one on the high end side. Uh, da- uh, Michael Gallup, he's in play as a wide receiver three. Tony Pollard, he's an RB two. As is, uh, I, you know, I think Zeke is probably an RB three in his first game back, uh, but he has the RB two upside because of his, you know, the touchdown opportunity and things like that. And then for Minnesota, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver one. Uh, Dalvin Cook, an, R- an RB one. Kirk. I know people are afraid this week. Uh, I think he's on the higher end QB two side, but 
you know, I would play Daniel Jones ahead of him. I would play um, Jacoby Brissett ahead of him. Uh, that one might get me in trouble, but it's Jacoby Brissett and it's Kirk Cousins. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's maybe it gets me in trouble. I don't know. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, he's a top three option, and then T- uh, Adam Thielen, he's a wide receiver too. Yeah, I'm gonna take the. I'm gonna take the over. Uh, I'm gonna take Minnesota to cover. Minnesota to win. Um, on the Minnesota side, I do like Kirk Cousins uh, a little more. I think he's got some borderline QB one uh, play. Um, just been playing pretty well this year. You know, through all the turmoil, people not thinking Kirk Cousins is, is a good quarterback. He's been playing, pushing through that. Um, so I like him here in this matchup. Dalvin Cook. RB1, obviously, very consistent this year. Uh, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver one. Adam Thielen, uh, wide receiver three with some wide receiver two upside. Uh, and TJ Hawkinson, continue to play him as a high and tight end one. Uh, his new Minnesota role. On the Cowboys side, Dak is a also in that Kirk Cousins range. I think he's also a QB, high in QB2 with some around that QB1 play. Uh, Zeke, he and Zeke and Tony Pollard. Uh, both RB low and RB twos. I think you know whoever gets that upside, uh, the more upside I think it belongs to Pollard at this point. Um, but I think both of them are playable. CD Lamb, great spot here, just like Jefferson, wide receiver one, and that's uh, about it. Dalton Schultz, of course, as well is you know in tight end one category. Uh, but yeah, I'm only looking at CD Lamb to pass the ball to and Dalton Schultz always. Yes, sir. All right, let's move on to this next 425 matchup. The 5 and 4 Cincinnati Bengals travel to Pittsburgh to take on the 3 and 6, six <clears throat> Pittsburgh Steelers. This game has a 41 and a half point total where the Cincinnati Bengals are four and a half point home or road favorites rather. In terms of weather, we're okay in terms of injuries. Running backs for Cincinnati, Chris Evans limited with a knee. Wide receiver Jamar Chase is out with a hip and then for Pittsburgh, cornerback Akila Witherspoon is out um in terms of this matchup greg where are you going with this game i'm gonna take the over as well um i'm gonna take cincy to cover cincy to win uh for the cincy side uh this is a great spot here for joe barrow um you know he seems to be either nuclear hot or just average so i think this is one of those nuclear games um and joe mixon great spot here as well i think the pieces for the Bengals uh should roll on this one uh, and especially the receivers, T. Higgins and both Tyler Boyd. Uh, Joe Mixon being an RB1, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, I think both could hit that that wide receiver one category, T. Higgins for sure. Um, but Tyler Boyd, wide receiver two, wide receiver one upside. Um, Hayden Hurst, also a tight end one, uh, I think in this one, a low end tight end one. Um, and then on the Steelers side, uh, Najee Harris is a you know RB3 with some RB2 upside. Um, just, you know, hopefully he can get maybe a touchdown here. Pat Firemurf is the main pass catcher I'm looking at uh, as, a, as a solid tight end one. And Deontay Johnson low in wide receiver two. Yeah, I'm going to take the under here. I'm going to take Pittsburgh to cover the four and a half. Uh, I will take Cincinnati to win. Pittsburgh dominated this game the last time these two teams played. Uh, that was very early in the year, though. It was. Cincinnati. That was the first game of the year when Joe Burrow first had game the worst the game of his career, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And, and <laughs> they still went on <laughs> to be like, oh, I think they were 0-2. Um, you know, we're trying to avoid 0-3 uh, against the Jets, but they, they, they then have since turned their season around. 
um, to be five and four. Um, but I think Pittsburgh does keep it close in this one. Their defense is, you know, their defense is pretty much that same defense that it was in yeah. week one. TJ Watt, you know, they, TJ Watt was out for, you know, since that game. So, uh, it, yeah, I think we probably see something similar to that. But either way, from Cincinnati, Joe Burrow, uh, RB1, uh, or sorry, Joe Mixon, RB1, Joe Burrow, a top three option at the position. T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, they're both wide receiver ones. Hayden Hurst, a, a tight end one. And then for Pittsburgh, Najee, probably an RB2, um, was dealing with a knee injury apparently, uh, but he's not on the injury report. Um, Jalen Warren, he's in play as a as a running back too, especially with the potential game script of, of them you know, maybe being down in this game. And then Pickens and Deontay Johnson, they're both wide receiver threes with wide receiver two upside for me in this one. You're muted. Yeah. Do I actually like Pickens? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then Firemuth, the tight end one option. Sorry, I didn't, yeah, man. didn't mention Lock him that. In. Uh, let's move on to this next matchup. The seven and two Kansas City Chiefs take on the five and four Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday night football, eight twenty PM. This game has a 50-point total where the Chiefs are six-and-a-half-point uh, road favorites, rather. In terms of injuries, for Kansas City, Jarek McKinnon was limited with a hamstring and a shoulder. Marquez Valdez-Scantling was DMP early in the week with an illness. Uh, Miko Hardman, um, wide receiver, placed on injured reserve with an abdomen injury. Wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster remains in concussion protocol, was listed as out for this game, will not play. And then for Jacksonville, or sorry, for the Los Angeles Chargers, Gerald Everett, he's limited with a groin. Mike Williams, he's limited with an ankle, but he seems like he may make his return to action this Sunday. So that'd be a huge get for the, the Los Angeles Chargers. Keenan Allen, he is limited with a hamstring. Uh, he seems to be more 50-50 to play. Uh, I, I would not bank on him playing. I would have contingency plans in place. And then DeAndre Carter, the wide receiver is questionable in this one. Uh, in terms of this game here, I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the Chargers to cover. I will take the Kansas City Chiefs to win, however. For Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, he's a QB1. Travis Kelsey, the tight end one. Uh, Kadarius Toney, this is this is the game, right? Like, there's no Juju Smith-Schuster. There's no Miko Hardman. MVS has been limited, and by the way, he's MVS, which for me means a lot because <laughs> I've been one of his biggest supporters. Um, so Kadarius Tony, this is the Kadarius Tony game. Uh, I think he's a high end wide receiver too; should be treated as such. Uh, Pacheco, I think this is the game for him as well. The Chargers are a terrible run defense. Pacheco is. You know, we saw him get a little bit more run last week in a, in a better game script. I think he gets that this week. Uh, for the Chargers, Justin Herbert, QB1, Austin Eckler, an RB1. Mike Williams, again, seems like he'll play, so he's a wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside. Not counting on Keenan Allen, uh, but you can play DeAndre Carter if need be. And then Gerald Everett, he's a tight end one if he can go. Yeah, I'm going to go with the under. Uh, I'm going to take the Chargers to cover, but I'm going to take the Chiefs to win. Uh, on the Chiefs side, I pretty much agree with you. Patrick Mahomes, Patty, QB1, 
uh, Travis Kelsey, his main guy, tied in one for sure. Uh, as far as the receivers, Cardarius Tony is in a good spot here, coming off his uh, best game of the season uh, last week, gaining the momentum, more understanding the playbook. I think he's got wide receiver two value in this one. Um, and as far as the you know other pieces, it's tough. But yeah, I'm, I'm leaning towards Cardarius being the guy, or Pacheco as well. Uh, Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon, I think, are both you know in that top 30. Um, but Pacheco has the higher upside. Uh, and then on the Chargers side, Herbert in a, in a great spot here. He's, he's a QB1. Austin Eckler also a RB1. You know, helps Herbert that he's got one of the receivers back, Mike Williams, possibly two, but definitely Mike Williams being there. Wide receiver two, strong wide receiver two with the wide receiver one upside. I definitely agree with you. And uh, yeah, Josh Palmer kind of gets that bump down, especially if Keenan Allen also comes back. But if, if it's not Keenan Allen, then I'm looking at Palmer as being that second receiver, uh, wide receiver three with some wide receiver two upside. Yeah, this one. Um, oh, and Jared, I love, love, love this game. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, yeah. You know, Herbert seems to always come to come to play when he's playing the Chiefs. That's how he was. That's how he was born into the NFL, right? He knows no yes, other way. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, still can't believe that my man literally found out like two minutes before kickoff that he was going to start against the Chiefs and just balled. Yeah, in Arrowhead, forever ingrained in Arrowhead, forever ingrained yeah. in my brain. Um. <laughs> Let's move on to this next matchup, the last matchup on the week, Monday Night Football. The 5-4 and four San Francisco 49ers travel to Arizona to take on the 4-6 and six Arizona Cardinals. This game has a 43.5-point total where the San Francisco 49ers are 8-point road favorites. Ooh. In terms of whether we're okay, it's in a dome. In terms of injuries, Arizona Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray, questionable with a hamstring, Will be a game time decision for Monday Night Football. Please have a contingency plan in place. Um, Colt McCoy, he was off the injury report, was dealing with a knee injury, but it seems like he's good to go. Marquise Hollywood Brown, designated to return from the injured reserve with that foot injury, has not been activated yet, but he is eligible to play on Monday if activated. Zach Ertz. Was placed on injury reserve with a knee injury. And then for San Francisco, Samson Ebicom, the edge rusher, he's questionable with a quad. Eric Armstead, the defensive lineman, is questionable with a foot and a leg. And the wide receiver, Danny Gray, he's questionable here with an ankle. Greg, what say you? I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the Cardinals to cover, but I'm going to take the Niners to win. Uh, on the Niners side, Jimmy G, uh, same play as he is always week. He's always in that streaming category. Um, but he's going to give you a safe yardage. Hopefully he can get you some touchdowns, though. Uh, didn't get any last week. Um, but, you know, still get you closer than 250 yards passing. Uh, as far as the you know other guys, Christian McCaffrey, RB1, uh, should, you know, hopefully be favorite to score a touchdown again. Uh, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, uh, both are playable. I think Debo Samuel has higher upside, more of a low-end wide receiver one, wide receiver two. Uh, I mean, Brandon Ayuk, uh, low-end wide receiver two. Um, but he can, you know, break out for a big play at any point. George Kittle, strong tight end one. He has an excellent matchup in this spot right here, uh, so definitely play him. Um, smash by here. On the um, Cardinals side, if Carla Murray can go, obviously you're playing him. If not, I think adding Cole McCoy right now would you know, not be a bad plan, uh, so to have him ready just in case Kyle Murray can go. If you're the manager of Kyle Murray, James Conner, 
uh, is in strong RB2. Um, tough matchup here, but I think he's uh, in play. Uh, D-Hop, wide receiver one. I'm going to wait if, you know, Marquise Bollywood Brown, if you're the manager, I think, you know, come off an injury. Uh, wouldn't be too bullish on him to come back and just kill right away. So Rondo Moore, I think, is a wide receiver three still in this matchup. I'm going to take the under here. going to take Arizona to cover. going to take San Fran to win. Uh, for Arizona, Kyler Murray is interesting if he can go, right? Like, I think he probably has quarterback one, like the quarterback one upside if he can go mm-hmm. and he's healthy. Um, you know, the matchup is nice. Uh, but I'm willing to pivot. Like, in super flex leagues, I'm willing to pivot to Colt McCoy. In one quarterback leagues, if Kyler's your only chance to win you feel, and you strongly feel that way, then, then you hold out hope, I guess. Um, but I, I would, I would pivot. I would pivot. I would go to Daniel Jones. I would go to, you know, hopefully, like maybe you have Justin yeah, at this Fields. Point, Brissett, maybe uh, Heineke. Brissett. Um, yeah, Heineke. Heineke. Heineke's tough though, right? Because the, the the like he's stream worthy. Like the matchup is not great. Like, would you feel comfortable going Heineke over Colt McCoy? Ooh, that's tough. Uh, yeah, I think so slightly. I mean, I don't think they're they're gonna. I think Heineke's not that much of an upgrade. I think they finish around maybe the same spot, but I mean, slightly Heineke. Yeah. So then I would, in that scenario, I'd probably lean like waiting, hope, holding out hope for Kyler Murray, and then playing and then Colt play McCoy. McCoy. Yeah, if he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. he doesn't play. Uh, yeah, it doesn't doesn't make that huge of a difference to to drop someone or. For Haneke, yeah, exactly, yeah. So, um, and at least if Kyler Murray goes to, I mean, you have you'd have to you'd have to drop somebody, right? Because if I'm if I see you and like you're my opponent and you have Kyler Murray in your lineup and I see you're holding out hope, like I will pick up Colt McCoy. Oh yeah, and I'll be like, absolutely, yeah, like opponent <laughs> Colt McCoy, yeah, lock that in, <laughs> lock yeah, that lock scenario. that in. I, yeah, I'm gonna take Colt McCoy, right? So worst case scenario you know, would be if the Kyler Murray they end up trying to pivots another quarterback Kyler Murray does end up playing and then he kills <laughs> yeah, yeah. or you know the other guy I know he's probably not available but in some leagues out there he is available is Jimmy G right like I would just oh yeah true play yeah. Jimmy G right in the yeah. same game same matchup just yep. pick him up and start him um but yeah it's 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 really a, a coin flip if if Curry if if Kyler Murray plays or not so yeah um just again have a contingency plan ready uh whether uh, he plays or not, D-Hop is a wide receiver one. I mean, Rondell Moore has been so good in PPR leagues. Like, he's been fantastic. So I'm going to continue to roll him out there as a wide receiver one. Hollywood could return, um, but I need to see him get out there first. Like you said, like, coming off this injury, like, I'm not I'm not really rushing to play him, especially he came back from this injury relatively quick. And from what I read, there's a high injury. There's a high risk of re-injury. Mm. Uh, just the nature of the injury and how quickly he's returned. So not mm-hmm. really going to play him um, in, in season long. James Conner, he's an RB2. I think he gets a slight upgrade if Murray can't go. Uh, I think we see a, like a little bit more traditional offense, and he gets, you know, bulk of the red zone work, uh, you know, as it is anyway. So, you know, James Conner, uh, definitely, again, strong RB2. Uh, I would keep an eye out on Keontae Ingram, though. Like, we, we obviously know James Conner's injury history, uh, that was one of the big reasons why I had picked. I had been talking about Eno Benjamin for so long, and it ended up working out for us for a little bit. 
Keontae Ingram, talented rookie. Just, you know, he's literally the next man up. So just keep that in mind. Um, Trey McBride, our stream of the week at tight end, tight end one upside. Uh, And then for San Francisco, CMC and RB1, uh, Elijah Mitchell and RB3. Brandon Ayuk, I believe, is a wide receiver one. He's been, I think, over 70 or 80 receiving yards in like his last three or four games. Um, Jimmy G has QB1 upside. George Kittle has uh, top five, you know, top five upside in this in a, in a great matchup here. And then Debo Samuel, he's been really disappointing as of late. Or I'm going to have him here as a, as a wide receiver three until you know, until we see more production from him. Got you. Um. All right, let's move on to that money time, man. He starts to the week. Greg, your quarterback start of the week, man. What do you got? Got to go with my man Joe Shiesty, Joey B. Joe Burrow going against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you know, just in the matchup here, I think the receivers on the outside are, have a, are in a smash by here. So I think Joe Burrow will look to attack that uh, in the passing game. Um, again, he's been really nuclear or, you know, has been average. So I think this is going to be a hit for one of those three touchdowns, two touchdown, three touchdown games, getting close to 300 yards. Joe Burrow shooting this smash right here. Nice, man. I, I like this one. Uh, the math bears out. I'm going somewhere close to your heart, Greg, going with, mm-hmm. going with, with your guy, Daniel Jones. Uh, we're gonna retire. We're gonna retire the Danny Dimes moniker. Oh yeah, no, nah, Danny Wills. Danny Wills, that's cool. Yeah, I liked what Saquon was. Saquon called what do, him. What do you say, Daniel Jones? V- vanilla, Vanilla Vic. <laughs> vanilla Vic, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I like the alliteration, so I'll, I'll, I like it. I'll take it. Yeah, so Vanilla Vic gets a fantastic vanilla matchup <laughs> versus Detroit here, who's ninth. They allow the ninth most fantasy points. To the quarterback position and over their last three games, um, Daniel Jones has had some big games this year. He's eighth amongst quarterbacks playing this week in terms of fantasy points per drop back. Detroit allows the most fantasy points per drop back amongst defenses playing this week. And that combination makes for the second best matchup on the week behind only Justin Fields against Atlanta. So Detroit has allowed... 16 or more fantasy points to court to the quarterback position in seven of nine games this season. They've allowed 20 plus fantasy points in five of nine games this season. Daniel Jones, top seven option this week. Lock it in. Yeah, man. Daniel Jones is a living example that you can wait and just draft a Russian quarterback in the in the in the, in the fantasy draft. Like, you mean yeah. pick one up off yeah. waivers because my man was that too. Free. Yeah, that too. Yeah, man. <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> that he is the you know full like brings the full era of Russian quarterbacks all together. So yeah, definitely like liking him. Most definitely, Vanilla Vic, uh, Greg, your running back start of the week, brother. What do you got? I'm gonna go with Cordell Patterson going against <clears throat> the Chicago Bears in this matchup. I think he's got a, a solid matchup here. Definitely against the Chicago Rush defense. It's going to be a high-scoring game. And Cordell Patterson being, I think, their best playmaker on the team right now. Uh, coming off an off game, but I think he gets back to getting into the end zone. Uh, still at a high touchdown mark, uh, and high red zone usage. So I think he's going to get back to where he was a couple of weeks ago and what he was early in the season, uh, getting a high carry number, close to 20, and getting in the end zone. Cordell Patterson, let's go. Yeah, man, I, I like that one. I'm going to go with a guy. We've been a huge fan of on this show for a long time since he got into the league. Antonio Gibson, AG, AG. 
going up against Houston. Just when we thought AG was a goner, man, my man is here, and he needs to be in your lineups. Since week six, when Brian Robinson, you know, really entered the fold for, for Washington, we thought AG was nothing more than a desperation flex, RB3 at that point. He's been the RB22 in PPR points per game at just over 13 points per game since that time. I know that Brian Robinson saw 26 carries, and I think, you again, you can start him in this great matchup against Houston. But like I said earlier, he's both touchdown and game script dependent. So for me, Eileen Gibson, who has top 12 upside in this matchup, regardless of how the game flow goes. Love it, for sure. Greg, your wide receiver start of the week this week. Got to go on my guy T. Higgins going against Steelers in that same matchup tied to Joe Barrow getting that start of the week stack. I mean, he's you know going to be the lead guy for Joe Barrow in the absence of Jamar Chase. Uh, last week had eight targets. He's been getting close to that 10 target number uh, in, in his last four weeks. Um, so love it here. Um, and he's got a great matchup on the outside. He should be one of the people that gets in the end zone, has a big day, uh, has one of those monster days for him. So I love T against in this matchup. I like that one. Uh, somebody who was definitely in consideration for me, uh, but I felt like I needed to go give somebody a confidence start of the week here. Uh, somebody who's a little bit under the radar. Going with Darnell Mooney against okay. Atlanta. Uh, gets a fantastic matchup against Atlanta, who allows the most fantasy points over the last three games to the wide receiver position. No team on the season has allowed more targets to the wide receiver position than Atlanta, who allows 23 targets per game to the position. They are fifth in target share allowed to the position. They allow a 66.8% completion percentage to the position, which is seventh in the NFL. This is a great spot here for Mooney, who, again, I couldn't make Justin Fields my start of the week this week, it felt like, but in his homecoming game, going, going to Atlanta, who, by the way, could have drafted him, but didn't um, definitely like this spot here for Mooney, who should bounce back after having a down week last week. Yeah, love Mooney. Love Fields. You can put him in Munich right now, London. Don't matter, man. Man, start a week potential, man. Fields is on, the, on one. On one for sure, Greg. What do we got at tight end this week? Tight end this week, I'm going with Gerald Everett, going against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, historically, been good against in this matchup against the Chiefs. Again, uh, you know, averaging about 60 receiving yards uh, and also just the fact that uh, it should be a high scoring game. should be a game where Justin Field, I mean, Herbert looks to Joe whatever in this matchup. Uh, Chiefs are you know not that good against the tight end position. Uh, had a down week last week, but before that was getting uh, seven, nine and eight targets per game in the last three weeks uh, before last week. So he's uh, definitely being used. I think he's got a, a good spot here to get in the end zone and get over 50 receiving yards for sure. Yeah, I like this one a lot, Greg. I'm surprised that you didn't go with the tight end who plays against Arizona. Yeah, I mean, George Kittle. Oh, that's because I did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. going with George Kittle against Arizona. <laughs> and yeah, like you were alluding to, Greg, this one kind of feels like cheating, but not really when you consider that Kittle has been the tight end seven in fancy points per game since his return in week three. That's not the top four, top five guy that we've that come Jackson. to expect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right, but he gets the best matchup for the tight end position here. We've been targeting Arizona since the inception of this show. That is that is literally a fact. And so some things just don't change here. Kittle should be a top five uh, tight end option this week. Lock it in. Oh yeah, lock that in, man. George Kittle should eat. 
All right, now it's time to play everybody's favorite game. Some get money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let me just confirm what the what the matchup here is. Um, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I don't have the week 10 scores in here, but I do believe I won week 10 as if I'm not mistaken, Greg, you can fact check me on, on that. So I am six and four. So I got a two game league on Greg here. Um, it is a, again, if you don't know the rules must be new to the show, but we appreciate you checking in with us and, and enjoying this content. So, uh, we'll discuss the rules real quick. It's a head-to-head DFS fan contest uh, on FanDuel between Greg and myself. It's a snake-style draft. Once a player is selected, they're removed from the player pool. Greg gets the first pick in odd weeks. I get the first pick in even weeks. It is an odd week. So, Greg, who are you taking? I'm going to go heavy right now. I'm going to go hard. Give my man Justin Jefferson, 9,100. Going against Dallas. Lock it in. Oh, man, that one hurts. Because he was in my lineup. But I anticipated that you would do that. Um, <laughs> Jay Jeff, man. So, so when, when, Jay Jeff. When, when, when you said Justin, I got really nervous. Because oh, I thought you were going to take the other Justin. I'm taking Justin Fields. Okay. 8,700 at quarterback. Just lock that in. Oh, man. The error where the one Justin you thought you were going to say, Justin <laughs> Herbert. <laughs> It's not <laughs> crazy, yo. Crazy. Well, he's not even on the main slate, but yeah, he's. I oh, wouldn't yeah, take yeah. him. Yeah, I know what I'm saying. It would have been mad. Yeah, it wouldn't. <laughs> not over Justin Fields these days. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna take uh, Ramondre Stevenson as my RB one, 8100 going against the Jets. That is definitely a good one there. Um, trying to decide what to do with this extra money from Justin Jefferson here. Uh, I'm going to actually. I'm going to. Stack, get a game stack with you. I'm gonna go CD Lamb. Uh, at my first wide receiver slot, 8100. Slide him in right there. I'm gonna take as my RB two Alvin Kamara, who's at 7500. Pretty cheap for Alvin Kamara, but, uh, but yeah, I'm gonna slide him in there. That is pretty cheap for the kid. Um, for me. As my second wide receiver, I'm going to go with Darnell Mooney, my wide receiver start of the week, 6,000. As my second receiver, I'm going to take Darius Slayton, 6,300, going against Detroit. Trying to make some decisions here. Um, I got all this extra money after. Uh... Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, hold on. For my uh, first running back, I'm gonna go my running back star of the week, Antonio Gibson, who's 6,600. As my third wide receiver, I'm gonna take Michael Pittman Jr., 6,700, going against Philly. Okay. Um, as my uh, wide receiver, or as my tight end, actually, I'm gonna go Dalton Schultz, uh, fifty nine hundred, going up against 
Minnesota. Uh, my tight end, I'm going to take Hayden Hurst, 5,200, going against Pittsburgh. As my um, RB2, I'm going to go DeAndre Swift, 6,700, going up against the New York Giants. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm going to take – I'm going to do a double – Tied in here since I have not a lot of money. I'm gonna take Pratt Fire Move in my flex 5400. Slot him in there. All right, bet. So, um, at defense, I'm gonna go the Pittsburgh Steelers 3800. At my quarterback position, taking my quarterback start of the week, Joe Burrow 8300. Let's go. As my uh, third wide receiver, I'm going to go Donovan Peoples-Jones, 5,900. Like that for sure. And on my defense, real cheap, going Carolina Panthers, 3,300, going against Baltimore. For my flex spot, um, had to go from one Minnesota Viking to another. Going to go with Dalvin Cook, like it. 8,300. 8, yes, sir. All right, Greg, why don't you read off that lineup of yours, man? Joe Barrow going against Pittsburgh, 8,300. Alvin Kamara, Aubrey 1, 7,500. Ramondre Stevenson at 8,100. Michael Pittman Jr. at the wide receiver spot, 6,700. Justin Jefferson, 9,100 wide receiver. Darius Slayton at that wide receiver three spot, 6,300. Hayden Hurst at my tight end spot, 5,200. My flex spot, another tight end, Pat Fryermuth. 5,400 in the Carolina Panthers defense at 3,300. And for me, I've got at my quarterback spot, Justin Fields, 8,700. At running back, Antonio Gibson, 6,600. As my RB2, I've got DeAndre Swift, 6,700. At wide receiver, I've got Darnell Mooney, 6,000. C.D. Lamb, 8,100 as my wide receiver, 2. Donovan Peoples-Jones in as my wide receiver, 3, 5,900. At tight end, I've got Dalton Schultz, who's also 5,900. And then in my flex spot, I've got Dalvin Cook at 8,300 going up against Dallas. And then since uh, uh, Pittsburgh defense going up against Cincinnati for 3,800. Um, and, yeah, hopefully uh, Sir. let's see if Greg can 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 pull in, pull within one game here. Got to uh, get make, a streak going. <laughs> make this thing interesting. So, uh with that being said, y'all, we appreciate you. We appreciate you checking in with us and vibing with us on this Saturday. Monday when we recap all the action that took place. And until next time, y'all, enjoy the weekend. Have a good one. And we'll talk to y'all on Monday. Peace. Yeah.